12. The promise that I issue to you is that by one o'clock today, you will know more than you do now. LBC 97.3 Mystery Hour with James O'Brien. Three minutes after 12, this is LBC 97.3, and this is your weekly opportunity to get an answer to the questions, or question, which has had you befuddled for the longest time. The way it works is this. You are familiar, I imagine, with the newspaper columns dedicated to uh, answering readers' questions. Not, no, 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 Mrs. Matron, not those newspaper columns. What can I do? My husband doesn't want to have sex. Not those sort of problems. I mean, the sort of, why do we uh, observe this tradition? What is the origin of such and such a practice? When and what is that thing on that building near that place? The who's, the why's, the what's, the where's, the when's, the wherefore's, the withers even, and possibly even the occasional whence. Uh, the point is this. If you've got a question that you fail to get an answer to, and you know it has an answer... This would be a lovely opportunity for you to get it. If you want to book a place on the board, the only time I'll say the number during what is by some distance the busiest hour of the week on the phones, the only time you hear me say the number is when I have phone lines free. And right now, at four minutes after 12, I've got loads free. So don't hang about. If you've failed for the last few weeks to get through, don't waste time sending me uh, complaining emails about how tough it is. Just hit the numbers now and you will get through. 0845 6060. 973 is the number to call. It is as simple as that. And if you're not entirely clear what on earth I'm banging on about, the best thing to do is just sit back, open your ears, let a couple of the earlier questions illustrate exactly what the parameters are for inclusion. The goal posts are, well, the goal is incredibly wide on this. The only reasons why you might not be invited onto the programme are repetition and dullness. Repetition is fairly self-explanatory. If it's a question that we've answered relatively recently and can collectively remember answering, you won't get on. You can check, actually, some of the questions that have been answered before at the rather wonderful LBC uh, Mystery Hour archive over on the website at lbc.co.uk. It's very funny, and it, it actually distills the appeal of this hour Sometimes the wrong answers are much, 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 much more fun than the right answers. That's why we do it. It's almost a definition of travelling hopefully, where the journey is more enjoyable than the destination itself. But we will get you to your destination as well, hopefully. Of course we will. The way we do that is, if you hear someone ask a question to which you know the answer, ring in and share. Uh, you're not allowed to Google stuff or, or, or consult Encyclopedia. You, you have to, in a sense, call upon your learning, call upon your knowledge. It sounds a little pompous, but I stand by it. It's a celebration of illumination, a celebration of education. And that's why I'll ask how you know what you know. I'll say, what are your qualifications? And you could answer anything from, oh, I was uh, serving in the Suez Canal in 1954, right through to, I have a PhD in astrophysics, right through to, I used to be a burglar alarm fitter, or I saw it on the telly last week. The qualifications are interesting, but absolutely um, not confined to the world of academe. 08456060973 is the number to call if you have a question, or indeed if you have an answer. And, as I mentioned a moment ago, the only other criteria, criterion for... Uh, exclusion is dullness and that's very much in the eye of the beholder or the ear of the beholder i'm afraid if if the uh, people who answer the phone think that your question is a bit boring then it may not get on and if it's to do with motoring or associated issues they almost certainly will arrive at that unfortunate conclusion i tend not to take texts and emails this hour because things get so busy on the phone but it's up to you. 0845-6060-973. Are we, are we starting in Kingston? Are we starting with Rob? I think we're starting with Rob. Rob, what is your question? Why do we say, do you fancy a bit of how's your father? Where does that phrase come from? Mm. 
Can you, bearing in mind this is a family programme, explain what it means in Kingston? <laughs> I think it means the same in Kingston as it does in London. A bit of a... Uh, a frolic? Yeah. I think what Nick, Nick Ferrari calls ladies and gentlemen. Yes. Yes. What, how's your father? Is he good? Yeah. I'm trying to think of a rhyming slang. Sometimes the rhyming slangs pop in straight away when yeah. we have these questions, but we haven't... How's your father? And also the rhyming slang might not be helpful because it could be a very rude phrase. <laughs> Did it right? No, you're on. I like that. Of course, it limits the number of uh, questions we can do on origins of phrases, but there's nothing wrong with that. We get one up nice and early. Seven minutes after 12. There you go. So anything goes. What question would you like to get an answer to? 08456060973 is the number to call. Um, as I say, various other ways to get in touch with the programme, but not between 12 and 1 on a Thursday likely to garner that much attention. Except Twitter. We love Mystery Hour on Twitter. It's got its own little hashtag. It'd be nice to see it trending. Uh, at Mr. James OB is the number, or rather the name you need if you want to get involved in that way. We'll get a couple more questions up in just a second. Um, and if you know the answer to the question that Rob's already asked, the origin of the phrase, how's your father, then get in touch with me imminently. Uh, how are we doing? Here we go. Jonathan's in Greenford. Jonathan, question or answer? Oh, actually, I'm in Winchester. Oh. I can't believe I'd still get you on the phone. Well, nor can I, frankly, mate. I've lost, I've lost my radio connection, but I knew it was mystery hour. Just, just get on with it. You can't ring in if you're not I, listening. How are you going to find out what the answer is, you complete is, spoon? Yes, yeah, don't matter, but why is Mayday used as a distress call? Why not Come help? on. Oh, you mean why do they use the French? No, Mayday. What's no, it's Mayday? French. It's French for help me. No, it's not. Yes, it is. M apostrophe A I D E Z. Did May mean help, really? Because it's Ayutara, Ayutara in Italian. Well, why is this conversation still continuing? I've just nailed the answer. No, you can't have. I don't believe it. May, M A Y. Yeah, that's, that's, the, that's the anglicised version, but in French, it's May Day. Help me. M apostrophe A I D E Z. A day moi. May Day. My God, no, no, it can't be that simple. I can't believe you've got it just like that. I, just, I can't believe you're so impressed. I thought everybody knew this. No, no. Yes. Oh, does that mean I've got to listen to you get a round of applause? It does. Yeah, well, don't turn me off until I've heard it. Oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah, come on, James. What's your qualification to Benedictine's monks taught you French? You're today? joking. I did that at primary school. Common sense, Jonathan. No. Yes. Yeah, but I've, I used to be in a, a, a Coast Guard for my Duke Renbrows Ward, and they never taught me that. Well, you'd, well uh, you, you didn't ask the right questions. And that's what Mystery Hour is for. Filling in the gaps in life caused by not asking the right questions. At the time, Bill's in Orpington. Oh, remember, Jonathan's gone. So grab his phone line if you if you if you're struggling to get through. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. It's a good job I knew the answer to that. Seeing as he hasn't got any radio signal at the moment, he wouldn't have heard the answer if we had to rely upon a caller for it. Bill's in Orpington. Bill, question or answer? It's a question, please. Yes, Bill. Uh, whilst watching the Olympics, I noticed that some of the professional athletes wear different coloured shoes on each foot. I've noticed on various athletics events since then. Why is it? It's, it's athletes who don't know they're, they're left from right. Well, there's a different colour on each shoe. Yeah, so they point. go orange left, brown right, orange yeah. left, brown right, orange left, brown right, orange left, brown right, orange left, brown right, as they run around the track. Well, yeah, I don't run that fast. What? I think, I think the answer is simple branding. 
It's not all of the. It's not all the athletes. No, just some ex- of them. exactly. I think it's just a way of selling more more um, trainers. Oh right. Oh. You think about it, because footballers now wear... I was at Kid and Mr. Harriers on Saturday, and there was a fellow there wearing neon pink boots. But obviously, if, if you were a youngster enamoured of Kid and Mr. Harriers, you'd go out and buy the neon pink boots. Once you've bought the neon pink boots, you go out and buy the one pink, one green. I, I'll, I'll leave it on the board. I'm not going to claim a round of applause for that. But athletes wearing odd-coloured shoes, different-coloured shoes, I imagine is just the way of selling more trainers. There may be a, a, a better answer. We'll find out for you, Bill. 0845 if you know the answer to that. Maria is in Hanwell. Question or answer, Maria? Question, please, James. Come on, then. What is the difference between an, an electric under-blanket and an electric over-blanket, apart from the obvious where they go? I, I got one the other day, and it's an under-blanket. Is this the dullest worn... question that we have ever had on Mystery Hour? Sorry? Is this the dullest question we have ever... No, it's not. Are it's you bugging. sure? I'm positive. It's, it's bugging me. It's got it written in big capital letters, must not be used as an over-blanket. Yeah. And I don't understand why. I can understand an over-blanket not being used as an under-blanket, you... but what? not the other way around. What? What? So... <laughs> <laughs> under... Uh, so... Start again, Maria. Right. Yes. I bought an electric blanket. Oh. Right? Yes. Because I was cold. And I just plonked it in my bed and got in underneath it. Yeah. With my quilt on top. So you were using it as an over blanket? I was using it as an over blanket. And the following day, I read the instructions and in great big capital letters it said on the bottom of it, do not use as an over blanket. Yes. And I want to know why. I've Googled, I've Googled it all, I've asked everybody, and no one seems to know the answer. Okay. I, I, I mean, it's, it's electricity, isn't it? It's plugged in. Yeah. But it's probably something to do with insulation. But what, what's the difference between it being over or under? I, I don't know. I do think this is dull. It's not dull, it's brilliant. It's, it's incredibly... I mean, the problem with mystery areas, yeah. sometimes <laughs> our own world, Maria... <laughs> can shrink to the size of our current concerns. Well, and right, while well, right. I appreciate that the under-over <laughs> conundrum mm. is weighing heavily upon your mind at it the is. moment, particularly at bedtime, I imagine... Well, I'm sitting on the bed. That might have something to you do see, with it. You see, I don't know how this is going to be playing across the sort of 400, 500,000 people currently listening to this programme. They're all, they're all going to be riveted, trust me, James. Do you think it might just be that if you use what should be an under-blanket as an over-blanket, you just might get too hot? Mm. No. And possibly melt. <laughs> no, I didn't melt. But I think you got too hot, because it's not designed to be an over-blanket, it's designed to be an under-blanket. But, th- but he... there's no difference, it's still only a sheet. Between... Right. No, I, I, listen, I can't simultaneously describe it as the dullest question I've ever heard and then, <laughs> and then extend the conversation unnecessarily <laughs> into the next part of the programme. I'll put it on the list, Maria. OK, cheers, James. You're very, you're very welcome. Sweet dreams. Pauline's in Surrey. Question or answer, Pauline? Question, please, James. Yes. Right. I've wanted to know, children's illness, chicken pox. Yes. Why is the pox named after a chicken? Um, yeah, good, yeah, all right, yeah, okay, we can go with that. And we don't catch it off chicken. chicken. Well, it probably does, yeah, but I didn't want to say that, Pauline. I didn't want to make you feel feel silly. (laughs) (laughs) No, but it it does seem a bit odd. Does it? Well, yeah, I think it does, yeah. 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 Perhaps, perhaps um, someone can let us know if it does come from a chicken. Well, that's generally how things work on Mystery Hour. Yeah. <laughs> Fingers crossed, eh? OK, then. <laughs> Thank you, Pauline. Thank chicken you. box. Bye. Under blanket. What did I, I, do you remember that thing I said about the, the two reasons why you won't get on, being repetition and dullness? I might need to review that. It's 12.15. <laughs>
LBC 97.3. Call 08456060973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 19 minutes after 12. Um, the electric blanket question is important to everyone. I will leave that hanging for people just tuning in. OK, it's there. It's on the list. Origins of the phrase, how's your father? Uh, the difference between an under blanket and an over blanket. OK, I'm, I'm asking the question. All right, I'm asking. What else are we waiting for? Um, what was the other one? What was the last? Oh, different, different coloured running shoes. Why do athletes increasingly wear different coloured running shoes? I think there was one other as well. Uh, Paul is in Banstead. Paul, question or answer? Uh, answer, James, I Go on, then. Um, the answer to the How's Your Father question. Yes. Um, I, can't, I'm, I don't expect a full uh, round of applause because I, oh. I can't remember the name of the play. Right. But it's, for, it's from an old British farce, and a, a young guy is courting a young girl in a, in a parlour, mm. and he knows that her father is, is eavesdropping. So every time she tries to make a move on him, he goes, Oh, how's your father, by the way? Is he well? Is he keeping well? I, I quite like that. It's got the sort of... Mm. Yes, I mean, it, 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 that's very plausible. But as you say, I don't know if we can go definitive yeah. without <laughs> reference to the actual play or playwright. And who are yeah, the sort no, of... I I mean, is it, it sounds like a sort of Oscar Wilde type. It does, doesn't it? Or sort of erratic... No, we're not really a fast. Or Noel Coward or something. Noel Coward, more likely. I, I, yeah, yeah, but obviously... Mm. Can you remember any other details? That's about it, I'm afraid. <laughs> I'm really sorry. And you've seen the play? Yes, it was a good few years ago I saw it, yeah. I'm going to give you two-thirds of a round of applause, Paul. Oh, thank you. That's not <laughs> bad going. Go on, please go on. No, 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 no. That was about half. Two-thirds, I said. So you now, you now owe him a sixth. <laughs> Thank you. There you go, Paul. It all adds up. Uh, Jill is in Beckenham. Question or answer, Jill? A question. Yes. Uh, why are lords called by their surname and knights are called by their first name? So if you take Alan Sugar, when he became a knight, he was Sir Alan, and now he's a lord and he's Lord Sugar. Well, yeah, what's wrong? What, what, so, yeah. Well, I... Like, oh, in the uh, Arthurian legend, all the knights Sir are called Lancelot. by their first name. Sir Gawain. Yeah, that's right, Sir Gawain um, and yes, all the it's, rest. It's, because, it's, it's for identification. It's, it's, it's about the House of Lords, I imagine. You can't, you can't have a House of Lords run on Christian names because you'd never tell anybody apart. There'd probably be 30 different Allens. Well, were all the Lords... Yeah, I suppose the Lords all were in the House of Lords, weren't they? Mm, so the House of Lords has to refer to the family name. Also, I, I think that life peerage is a, a re relatively modern phenomenon. In the days when they were exclusively hereditary, it would obviously be handed down according to the family name rather than the given name, the Christian name. Mm. That's, an, that's an unwarranted note of scepticism in that growl there, Jill. Yes, um... Because the, 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 the knights could also be called by their surname. Yes, but they could... They? They, they, uh, like who? Uh, like uh, the Orkneys, um, Sir Gawain... Gawain's Gawain his first name. Yeah, that's right, but he could have been called by his surname. But he wasn't. No, but why? he wasn't a lord. Uh, that's that's uh, a tautology, isn't it? <laughs> it's that's, not. It's, it's, yes, it it's is. A sus. <laughs> so, well, I, I think the Lord refers, to, you know, to the to the House of Lords. If you're in the House of Lords, then it, it refers to your surname, your given name, your um, family name, not your given name. I don't know what else the answer could be. I don't know what you're hoping for. Some sort of historical explanation. It's the difference between a knighthood and a, and a lord and a, and a title. I just think it's strange. 
I think there must be a re- uh, right. more so of a why, reason. Why is that. it Sir James and Lord O'Brien? Yeah, All that's right. right. Yeah, uh, frankly, I'd, I'd be happy with either, Jill, to be honest. <laughs> 23 minutes after 12. Don't hold your breath. Rod's in Hammersmith. I meant for my ennoblement, not for the answer to the question. If you know the answer to the question, ring in now. Rod, question or answer? It's a question. Uh, carry on. Yeah. Uh, on a large commercial jet, when it comes into land, the wheels are stationary before it hits the deck. Yeah. Why don't they spin the wheels up to match the landing speed? Oh. What, how would they do that, then? Uh, windmill them, something you, like that, perhaps. What, 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 how would that help? Um, well, if you've seen a large commercial jet land, the wheels are stationary. There's an all, there is a bit of a shock through the aircraft itself. Yeah, but if the wheels were spinning, if the wheels were spinning around, then it would take more time to stop. Uh, that's what they got brakes for, and uh, reverse thrust on the engines. I, I, yeah. I, I, what, what do you think the answer might be, Rod? Uh. Possible gyroscopic effect of the wheel spinning. I was thinking nobody else. Nobody else on nobody else on the planet cares. Is what I was sort of thinking. Okay. Unless I'm missing something. When you land, yeah. When you uh, you've obviously been on a big jet like most people. When it comes into land, that initial shock and shudder doesn't make you shock and shudder. Well, it does. But if they then. If, if it didn't shock and shudder, they'd have to slam the brakes on even harder than they do already, and they'd yeah. shock and shudder in a slightly different way. Well, yeah, you, you get the uh, quite heavy braking with the reverse thrust and the brakes on the aircraft. Oh, you say reverse thrust with a certain amount of relish in your voice there, Rod. I have to say I like it. Okay. Say it again. What, reverse thrust? Ooh. Mmm. Yes, I think you'll think of something different to me. <laughs> no, I'm not at all. <laughs> no, would you? I, I don't. I, Liz, I'll leave it on the board, but I, but I think the answer is because they don't. And if they did, it would be even more energy needed to stop the plane. And there's, you know, that would take up yeah. more fuel, and the runway would be longer, and the reverse yeah. thrust would be less ex- exciting. Yes, all right. I'm going to take a round of applause, Rod, just to sort of uh, give me space to. I'm calming myself down with all the reverse thrust thing going on around here. That was the right answer. Why doesn't the wheel spin on the plane? Excuse me, uh, everybody listening. I'm just going to have a br- brief one-way argument with my colleague, Jones. The that was totally the right answer. Uh, what, 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 why doesn't the wheel spin around when you land? Because you're trying to stop, is the answer. If the wheel's spinning around, it makes you go faster. Everyone knows that. Spinning wheel equals speed. Spinning wheel equals speed. Stationary wheel equals stationary. For goodness sake. Daniel's in St. Albans. I hope you're going to raise the tone, Daniel. The stuff I have to work with, honestly. <laughs> what, what have you got for me? Question or answer? I've got a question for you, please, James. Yes. It's about window cleaners. Oh, flip um, neck. Go on. <laughs> Why do they use ladders that are narrow at the top as opposed to conventional ladders, which one would have thought would have um, greater stability? Yeah, yeah, easy peasy, that, isn't it? Come on in. So that there's less chance of putting the top of the ladder through a window. But I would have thought that if it's narrower at the top, then you're going to apply greater pressure over a smaller surface area. You are a window cleaner, ergo you're an expert ladder climber. And at the moment, with your conventional ladder, there are two points of contact with the area that you need to be able to reach the windows. If you reduce that to one point of contact, you automatically increase the area you can reach from the top of the ladder, ergo facilitating cleaning of more windows more effectively. (laughs) Well, that sounds like a highly technical... uh um, I'll answer you've given us there. I'm that's, not buying it, though. I'm sorry, pal. No <laughs> refunds. That, that's absolutely... Of course that's the... Think about it. 
Think about right. it. Right. Right. Imagine a house, six windows. Right. Yeah. You've got a point where your lad, the bit where you need to put the ladder is, let's say, for the sake of argument, a foot, a foot apart. That's a foot of wall that you need to get your ladder there to reach one of those six windows, right? Right, okay. Now, on your window cleaner's ladder, with what we call in the trade the tapering top, <laughs> with, the ta- <laughs> with the tapering top, you need at best four inches of wall in order to get it up and reach the ladder, reach the window. Yeah, they don't generally put I'm windows about today. a foot apart. I'm kicking them out of the park today. I'm like, <laughs> beefy both them back at Headingley and... What? What do you mean you're not giving me applause for this? I just hit a six. Well, I'd like a uh, confirmation from, um, from oh. someone else, if, if that would be possible. Yeah, OK. Fair enough. <laughs> Lovely. Thank you, Daniel. Oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three. Uh Gary is in Virginia. Gary, question or answer? Answer. Carry on. Uh, the electric blanket problem, uh, the electric blanket has two kinds of insulation. One is electrical to uh, keep you from getting shocked, and the other is thermal to keep um, heat distributed inside the blanket. If you have very little insulation, uh, ergo a, a cheap blanket... You don't, have to, to you don't have to say that... ergo when answering a question on this, John. That, that's <laughs> one of my little habits. <laughs> okay. <laughs> a cheap blanket yes. would have very little of the thermal insulation, and so the thermostat, if it was used as an over-blanket, would try to get those little wires to heat up quite a bit, and all the heat would escape into the room. The wires would be hotter and hotter, and, and eventually you'd have a problem with the electrical insulation. They would start to melt. Great stuff. Whereas if you uh, cover it with an over-blanket, that traps the heat in. The thermostat says, oh, I'm getting nice and toasty. And it shuts the current off before it gets before the little wires get too hot. Qualifications, Gary? Electrical engineer. Well, I mean, what more could one ask? And, and you've called from Virginia in the United States. That is States. correct. I have a quick question for you. Uh, I think, given given the transatlantic compliment you've paid us, it would only be fair to hear it. Uh, is the bacon in the British bacon in the U.S. question? Uh, answered in your opinion fully because no, uh, no but we, I don't we do here post-mortem. in the U.S. We don't do not really think do, that I, you have the correct answer. No, I know we here in the U.S. do not. I like that. I, I like the idea of Barack Obama addressing the issue at his last White House press call. We have received reports from London that, that some. Is right. uh, no, I. What did I say? I said it was like ham, but breakfast. It is not. Ca- you, you call it Canadian bacon. No, 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 no. Oh, no. go on then. I've, I've I'm going to carry on. No, in, in, the interest the, of di- in the interest of diplomacy, I'm going to have to come back to you after the news. Did we ring you back? You did. So it's on our phone bill. That is correct. I've got to go to the news. Is that all right? That's fine. I'll be here. Then we'll, we, I'm going to give you your applause first. Okay. And after the news, we will return to Bacon Gate. This is LBC 97.3. I'm James O'Brien. It's 12.30. LBC 97.3. Call 0845 6060 Text 84850. Tweet at LBC 973. This is London's biggest conversation with James O'Brien. 33 minutes after 12, Mystery Hour continues. Still looking for a full answer on the origin of the phrase, how's your father? We think it came from a farce. We need to know which farce. Why do athletes increasingly wear different coloured shoes? Why is chickenpox called chickenpox? Why do window cleaners use A-framed ladders and uh, aeroplane wheels? Why aren't they spinning? 
when the plane lands. It might be a couple of others that have slipped my mind, but I'm sure I'll remember them imminently. Gary in Virginia, United States, has dealt with the question about under-blankets and over-blankets, but he's also taken this... Oh, hang on. um, ...have British bacon here in the U.K., in the U.S. Uh, We get neither the middle bacon nor the back bacon, uh, which are both wonderful products. I've eaten them many times on full English breakfast in the U.K., UK and, and I'm desperate to find it here in the U.S. and cannot. You just can't find it anywhere? Well, actually, there is one butcher in New York that will ship it to you um, at great expense. So what happened last week? Remind us what the question last week was about why you can't get British bacon in America. I missed your sentence. Last week's question was why can't you get back bacon in America? Exactly. And and I said you could. It was just called something else. And you've partly run. And you cannot. Yeah, I'm sorry, Gary. Okay. I, 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 I mean, is there anything I can do to make amends? <laughs> Ship me some back bacon it's once a week for the rest of my life. I, That'd I listen, be great. No, I, I listen. I'll tell you what I will do. I will, I will, I will, I will, having made the correct inquiries with the Food Standards Authority, you've got quite a lot on the plate at the moment. God knows what you're going to end up with. I, I will see if I can. What sort of bacon is it that you're particularly after? Say again? Which sort of bacon? Back bacon. Back bacon would be preferred. Middle bacon would be. No, I'll get you some back. Smoked, smoked, or smoked or unsmoked. I prefer unsmoked. Okay. Well, I'll see. I'll leave your address with Lucy, and I'll see what I can do. I'm not making any promises, but you know, okay. I, 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 yeah, I, I, I might. You know, I need to enlist a local butcher. I don't want to end up out of pocket. Uh, another Gary from Virginia to Victoria Docks. Gary, what have you got for me? Hello. Good morning, James. Uh, yeah, you, you, haven't got any spare ba- you haven't got any spare bacon, have you, Gary? I could really do with with half a key. <laughs> No, unfortunately not, sorry. <laughs> All right, never mind, carry on. <laughs> I've got some odd shoes, though, some odd running shoes. <laughs> ah, yes, what's that about? <laughs> yeah, well, um, what it is, is, they're not actually odd running shoes. Um, they're two different colours. What happens is they're two different colours split down the middle. So, I mean, I've got a pair. They're red on the outside and white on the inside, and they're split down the middle. So when you're running around and you're looking from one side, you see the outside of one shoe and the inside of the other shoe, so they look two different colours. Have you ever encountered anyone wearing actual different coloured shoes? Um, occasionally, yeah, but the, the, the biggest trend is normally to, to have like a, a split colour. Oh, a bit, bit like the, yeah, a bit like the footballers started with the, you know, the orange boots and Indeed. the green boots and all. Yeah, sorry. And it is, it's just sort of trackside fashion. Um, that, that's it, yeah. It, it, it's, oh, I've had a pair for ages, about, about 10 years now, you know, they've got two or three different pairs, you know. Um, and it, yeah, it just, uh, it, it just, they look like they've got odd shoes on because obviously you can only see the inside of one oh, foot yeah. and the outside of the other foot. And yeah, and then when you go around the track, you see the, obviously the other side, but you, so it looks like you've got odd shoes on. Um, so, uh, qualifications, Gary? Well, I've been, uh, an athlete for 40 odd years and I'm a, an athletics coach for about 20 years. So, Fair and enough. I've got about three or four pairs of them myself. So, <laughs> Very nicely played. Just to clarify, I think the reason why the questioner was asking the question was the possibility that there was any reason whatsoever behind it that wasn't just about appearance. And the answer is that there categorically isn't. It's all about just looking nice. Yeah, just, just, a, just a fashion, really, and yeah. it sort of took off. And Yeah, I mean, I have known one or two athletes to actually wear odd shoes, but not for that reason. Sometimes, you know... Uh, one shoe fits better on one foot than the other if okay. you have slightly different feet. Well, most of us do have slightly different sized feet, actually, but but not not different enough to constitute the palaver of buying two pairs. But obviously, if you're an athlete, the higher performing you are, the more uh, pertinent it would become. Gary, round of applause for Gary, please. 
Julie's in Carshalton. Julie, you're not you're not a butcher by any chance, are you? No, I'm not a butcher. Oh. I just love my chickens in my garden, you see. That's ah, what it is. Ah. Well, then you've come to answer the chicken pox question. I have, yeah. I love old books on chickens, especially Victorians. And I remember reading that the reason it's called chicken pox is when you run your hand over the child's skin, it feels just like a plucked chicken. It's the same as goosebumps. I should think so. What a beautiful answer. Qualifications? You read it? Do you remember she where? I've ch- had chickens for about 30 years. And you know when it's really pack. freezing like this? Yeah. Do you do anything for them? Yes, I do. I bring them closer to the house. We've got an old Victorian house with a oh, side, you know, the side bit. And I bring that. them closer, and that way they stay warmer, and you get more eggs laid. They do, they do, they do. The, the laying does tail off a bit when it's it this does, cold, yeah, doesn't it? But, but ours hasn't. We've managed to find a way of it, you know, keeping even. So keep them warmer, get more eggs. Yeah, see, I can't move my hen house. And maybe put some more hay in, or another old-fashioned tip. I've done all that. Tip. I've done that. All right, another old-fashioned tip is to put a little bit of chilli powder in their food, because it helps warm them up, and it'll I've tried out, that yeah, as well. It'll come out on the other end, won't it? No, no, it's fine. If you use cayenne, it's, it's more gentle on their, their yeah, You bottom. think that'll warm them up? Yeah, it does. It helps with the egg laying. Okay. How many have you got? I've got about... What have I got now? I rescued some chickens. So I think I've got about um, 11 now, 11 hens. Where did you rescue the chickens from? Um, you know, the chicken rescue. The oh, you mean hens. battery. I just had this image of, of you sort of patrolling beachy head Running for suicidal chickens. No. Yes, exactly. Uh, well, you've earned a round of applause. Well, thank you. And you've provided a fellow poultryman with, with some helpful information. All right, well, good luck. Well, thank you. Yes, mine are not laying as well as they should be. Only in the last week, actually. Uh, it's really icy, icy cold. Anthony's in Hainal. Anthony, question or answer? Hi, James. Hello. A uh, question. Come the on, question then. I have, yes. is there um, a tip pool for the ball boys and girls at Wimbledon? I mean, do the players put money in for a tip for the, for the ball boys and girls? Uh, oh, Wimbledon. I got all confused then. Sure. You mean the tennis? I thought you phoned up with a really specific question about Wimbledon Football Club. Oh, tennis. No. Tennis. So do, 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 do... Yeah, OK. That's fairly straightforward. Do I know? I'm not that stupid. I understand the question. <laughs> do the ball boys and girls get anything off the players at Wimbledon? Do they get yeah, a tip? Question, and yeah. Why do you want to know? Are you thinking of applying? No, I just, I just wonder that, you know, players are multimillionaires, many of them. And the bull boys and bull boys and girls are volunteers from local schools. Yeah, just wondering if they put paper anything into the bull boys and girls for tips. I love that. I love the oh, way your brain works. I've never wondered that, but now that you've asked, I will. I will wonder until we hopefully get an answer, which with a bit of luck will be today. Thank you, Anthony. It's twelve forty. If you know the answer to that, oh eight four five six zero six zero nine seven three is the number to call. If you don't get through straight away. Um, use redial judiciously. That often helps. Uh, what else? So we're still looking for the window cleaner's ladder. Why does it only have three points? We've done the chicken pots. We've done the chaining shoes. We need the origin of how's your father. Uh, and the tips for ball boys at Wimbledon, ball boys and girls. Have I missed any outs? Tony's in Newbury Park. Tony, question or answer? I think I've got an answer for you, James, about the window cleaner's ladder. Mm, OK. You don't sound very confident, what? Tony. <laughs> <laughs> well, the window cleaner's set on three points, one, two of the bottom, one on the top, yeah. so it's less likely to wobble than the traditional runner, which is set on four points. So, yeah, so it's safer so, with three points. Yeah. Oh, well, the phone line's gone down. What are your qualifications, Tony? I know a window cleaner. <laughs> <laughs> other, than, <laughs> other than that. You're suggesting that my answer about, about I- I- increased reachability at top of ladder may have been complete bunkum. No, it, it sounds excellent, James. I, I would have fallen for it myself. But it's a lot, I think it's a lot more practical than that. Same reason why a photographer will use a tripod rather than a quadrupod. Why, why, why aren't all ladders three points? Why aren't all ladders three points, then? 
Well, I think window cleaners are up and down them all day. They're experienced ladder users, whereas most people wouldn't be just for occasional use, so it'd have to be tied securely, would it not? No, if it's safer with three points, then why not all ladders three points? Because it costs more, because each, as it tapers, you can't, on a production line, you can't just have the same width of rung 30 times. Well, it's got to be safer when they're carrying it on their shoulder. They're less likely to knock into something. If it's one point, they can see where they're going. Three points of contact with solid surfaces are easier to achieve than four points of contact with solid surfaces. Ergo, it would be safer than... It would be more stable. It's less likely to wobble, so it's less likely to fall off. Yeah, I like that. OK, you're on. <laughs> well played. Hyder's in Watford. Hyder, question or answer? I've got an answer for you, James. Come on, then. Right, so um, the reason they don't actually spin the wheels when an aeroplane's coming to land is... The one you said was absolutely correct. So when they're stationary, they create more friction, they slow the aeroplane down... Um, the other two, one of them is that if you had um, the wheel spinning uh, with, with some sort of mechanism, if you had a crosswind, one would be spinning faster than the other, careering the aeroplane yes. off um, and then crashing. And the second one is weight. I mean, we all know about the, the, the weight restriction when you go, you know, in your, in your luggage. So weight is money for them. Uh, and that's what they want to save. So you need an engine attached to the wheel. Correct. I was a bit condescending with the fellow that asked the question, for which I, I, I should probably apologise, but won't. The tone of airy dismissal that I made was justified then, really. It is, yeah, yeah, correct. Oh, did I give myself a round of applause for that? I don't think I did, did I? You should... Hop, no, no, hop, no, hop, no, hop, no, hop. no, 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 I want you to have it all, Hyder. <laughs> Seriously, thank I, you. Thank I, you very I've much. enough. You, you, you help yourself, you dig in. Thank you. No, thank you. Oh, hang on. Qualifications. Quick, you might have to give it back. Um, I'm, I'm a pharmacology student, but my brother's an aerospace engineer. Uh, yeah, that'll do. Nicely played. Give, our, give, give, give my best to your brother. Make sure you share. Philip's in Hatfield. Philip, question or answer? Philip? Oh, my goodness. What have we done to offend Philip? We may never know. Time is... We don't need to hear it twice, Jones. It's 12.44. <laughs> this is LBC 97.3. If you've got a question that you want to get on the board, uh, there's still time, actually. 0845 is the number to call. What still needs answering? The, the ball boys at Wimbledon. I think we've done it with the window. We could do with a little bit more on the origin of the phrase, how's your father? You are listening to James O'Brien on LBC 97.3. The time now, 12.45. Twelve minutes to one. This is LBC ninety-seven point three. We need uh, a steward's inquiry into the window cleaning ladder question. If you're just joining us, this is Mystery Hour on LBC ninety-seven point three. Shorter questions, aren't we? We've nailed we've victims of our own success. But Andy and Staines, I can't. The phones are ringing off the hook, mate. With with people criticising the answer to the question, why do window cleaners' ladders only have three points on them? And the answer provided was that it's sturdier than having four points. But my goodness me, talk about a cat among the pigeons. Can you set the record straight, sir? I, I believe I can. Um, I'm ex-fireman. You've been up and down ladders all my life. I'm a decorator now. I've used those the la- window cleaner ladders on bay windows. You can pitch them up against the corner of a bay window, thereby reaching the right and the left window to clean them. So I was right, in other words. Uh, let's never go that far, James. Well, I, you sound like my wife. I was absolutely <laughs> flipping right when I said it's so that you can reach further than you could with a normal. You'll be able to reach. It, it, it's, it's ergonomics, I would guess. Ergonomics. Ergo. <laughs> <laughs> 
osmosis. <laughs> you climb up the ladder once to reach the right-hand window of the bay and the same with the left-hand window of the bay. Yeah. And you're, you're pitching the point of your ladder on the corner of the bay. And not just on bays, but any smaller gap that you couldn't get a, a, a conventional ladder into. Possibly so, yeah, and also with aluminium windows as well. You know, you're able to reach either side. Beautiful. Shall we share, or do you want it all for yourself? I'm, I'm full up. <clears throat> I, I've, I've only had one in my life. I'd like another one if I may. Oh, that's fair enough. <laughs> well played, Andy. Philip's in Hatfield. Philip, question or answer? Uh, question, James. Carry on. Um, it's a cricketing question that when a bowler bowls six balls and the batsman fails to get a run, yes. they refer to it as he bowled a maiden over. Yes. Why? That's a lovely question. Do you know, in all these years of playing and watching cricket, I'd never actually clocked the full force of that phrase. I mean, bolder made and over has romantic connotations to it, of course. Me too, and then all the rest of it, James, silly mid-on and things like that. No, let's not get started on that. I'd never clocked that that, that sort of bowling a made and over, as in sort of sweeping a woman off her feet. Presumably that's intentional. Well, we need my friend Fingers, otherwise known as as John in in, in Marleybone, who is a a member of the MCC and a well-respected figure at Lord's. He's usually listening, but uh, if he's not listening today, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> well, I'll leave it with you. Well, let's try and find out. Where would the, what, the origin of the phrase made and over? Bowler made and over in a game of cricket. I like that. Um, nine minutes to one. This is LBC 97.3. Sam's in Stepney Green. Sam, question or answer? Um, I have an answer, James. Go on. To the um, Wimbledon tennis question. Oh, good. Um, Do yeah, the ball the, boys uh, get anything? Off the yeah, players. they get a tip. Basically, the players have a whip round for the um, for the ball boys, the ball girls, and the staff who work in the uh, in the players' uh, lunch canteen. And you get a, a check at Christmas. Um, it, it was 15 years ago. I used to work there, but um, you got about 50 quid, 30 quid for Christmas, as a Christmas bonus. And where did that years. and and that had come been accrued over the year? Um, basically, they all chip in during the tournament and spend. The, you, can't, you only get that. I mean, these guys are worth millions and millions of pounds. Roger Federer probably spends more on watch fluid than he did on on what you got as a Christmas. That oh. was fi- that. That was fifteen years ago. Yeah, fifteen so, years ago, not one hundred and fifty years ago, Sam. <laughs> it, it was kind of when when you know you, you work there for a couple of weeks and you, you don't get paid that well. It was like a, a nice little bonus as a, as a Christmas present at the, at the time. I was quite quite pleased with that. And, so. and, you, and, and we know for a fact that it comes from the the players earlier in the year. The, the, pl- the players definitely have a whip around uh, after the tournament for the staff who've worked at the tournament and the ball boys and the ball girls. I don't know whether the ball boys and ball, boy, ball girls get more, as I worked in the catering. Well, but you were getting paid. Uh, yeah, we were getting paid. And they're not so. getting paid, so you can't actually... Uh, we can't go definitive with this. Yeah, I, I, I admit it's not 100%. Well, it's better uh, than I knew already, but you were on the catering staff. You don't... Yeah, uh, but I know that the the, the, oh, um, sorry, the, Sam. the, the players... Uh, um, yeah, but we need to know for the, sure. We need to know from a ball boy. You are not a ball boy, my friend. You are not a ball boy. Indeed. You're an ex-waiter. I, I, I concede I might not be worthy of a full round of applause. I don't think it's um, worthy of anything. Well, Actually. Happy to push, push, push it in the right direction. Um, well, I'm very grateful to you for the sort of. But we could call it a knock-up, couldn't we? We've had a knock-up, but we're not. We're not playing for points. Oh, here he is. If you build it, they will come. John's in. Uh, oh, he's gone again. Where? 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 where, where yeah, what? Jo- no fingers. Hello, morning, James. How are you? Uh, very well, thank you. Uh, also, all, uh, what? Have, uh, As requested, I'm on duty for you. Just about to go home for lunch. Origin of the phrase "bowler made and over." I thought 
got to tell you very embarrassingly... What? Uh, ...that, if you'll excuse the expression, I'm stumped. What? I'm so you've stumped. rung in to tell me that you don't know? <laughs> You're completely can, subverting all the traditions of Mystery Hour. I can, I can think of all sorts of uh, amusing connotations, <laughs> but I don't remember what the actual official answer is. Oh. Uh, well, I mean, you'd clocked it before, because I'd never actually seen the, the romantic connotation to it of bowling a maiden over. I knew what bowling a maiden meant, but when you say the full phrase, it sounds as if you've, you know, you've swept a woman well, I don't off think it's a, I don't think it's anything to do with not scoring with a beautiful lady. But, um... <laughs> <laughs> well, fingers, I don't know what to say. It's a good question. If you don't know the answer, you're my, you're my pocket cricket expert. <laughs> I certainly should know, and I will certainly try and find out before the end of the day. Well, well keep listening. We've got six minutes left. Marie's in Dolly's Hill. Marie, question or answer? Answer to oh. the Wimbledon. Oh, good, yes. Right. Um, my daughter did the Wimbledon Championships a couple of years ago. Um, they do get paid. They don't get tips from the players. Really? Because I, I always thought they were... Um... Well, she didn't bring home any tips. Well, I never heard of any that. tips. They get paid by the Lawn Tennis Club of Wimbledon. The All England. Yeah. Well, how much do they get paid? Uh, um, she did the two weeks. Yeah. Two hundred. For total. Yeah. Not a lot then. So just a travel. Well, no, no, because it's hard work. She, 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 but they don't she do it for the money. She's down there do from say nine o'clock in the morning till you know nine ten at night, and she was, you know, it's hard work. Well, in, in, I mean, in answer to the original question, then, no, these multi-millionaire players don't have a whip round for the she ball. She didn't boys get a girl. tip, no. She didn't oh. come home with it. She came, she got a cheque. From, 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 from the LTA or yeah. from the All England Club. Uh, well, right. maybe the players had chipped into that fund, but it, it, it seems... I don't, I don't think so. No? I don't think so, no. I don't know. Anyway, she, she got I. 200 for the two weeks. Give her a round of applause. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Bye. Steve's on the M40. Steve, question or answer? Uh, answer. Come on, then. Uh, maiden over. When you bowl six balls, that's an over. Yeah. And it's a maiden over. No, because mate, don't it's do that. No, we know what a maiden over is. We're wondering where the phrase came from. Well, that's where it comes from. But that's where it comes from. It, it's because a maiden is unblemished. Ah! And an over... Maiden is a synonym for virgin. Exactly. He's done And it. it's unblemished. He's done and it. it's an over because it's six balls. So you've bowled a maiden over. So it may be... Uh, you've bowled a maiden over. It's a coincidence that over changes the meaning slightly. It gives it a double meaning. Yeah. So it could be sweeping a woman yeah. off her feet. But maiden is just a synonym for virgin, as in unblemished, as in completely clean and pure. Exactly. How do you know that? I, I just used to play cricket. I was younger and it was a, it was a question that came up. And I asked a question, and somebody says, well, we'll just think about it. What is a maiden? And, um, and I said, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, well, anyway, it's just one of those things you hang on to. Fantastic. I, I, I just, I, I feel enriched by this knowledge, and uh, I'm delighted to award you this. Uh, it's 12.57. Thank you, Steve. This is LBC Night. Have we done a lot? We've done the maiden over, tits for women. The only thing we haven't got is the play that the phrase How's Your Father first appeared in. If you can nail that before... Well, Robert's in Bolton. We'll squeeze in another question, Robert, but I'm not going to hold my breath for an answer. No, I'm sorry about the unusual question. It's just bugging me. Go on, Robert. But my question is, yes. why is it when you make a pancake, it only browns in certain spots? It never browns all the way around, even though it's made of the same thing. Do you understand what I mean? You know, like, it's not exactly a complicated question. It's, uh, 
go on then. I, I, well, that doesn't mean I can answer it. It means I understand the question. Yeah. Why do you get brown spots in certain places and not, not all over the... All over the pancake. Why is it not brown in a full circle? Yeah, why is it only, like, spot here, spot there, or spot there? And it's, it's, what, what is the, the mark of a pancake apart from spots? It's, it's, it bubbles up, doesn't it? Yes. So the cooking, the air as it heats, rises and takes some of the dough, or the batter, if you prefer, away from the hot surface of the pan, leaving only... Ah, yeah, 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 of course. Only points of... underneath, yeah. So points of contact, where, where the pancake batter is still in contact with the pan most closely, you will see the evidence of said contact being manifested as what you winningly describe you as brown spots. You see, looking into it too complex, me, and it's just... Such a simple answer. It's a it? lovely answer. Thank absolutely. you very no, much. No, thank you, Robert. And on All that, right. and on that bombshell, we draw. We draw. Oh, hang on, Robert, come back. I need a witness. I am. I'm I am. Thank you. Well, just you know, just look look on affectionately while I receive this round of applause. You know what? I'd say there was a touch of pride on your face then, Robert, as well. I, I did, yeah. Oh, well, that's so kind of you. Thank you. We must do this again. Uh, we will, of course, be back tomorrow morning from 10. I do hope you can join us. This is LBC 97.3, and this is Julia Hartley Brewer.